Welcome, my friends, to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. I am the Tomb's proprietor, Headstone P. Gravely, and here are our two captive hosts, Trey Lawson and James Hickson. Welcome back, Tomb Believers, to a very special episode of Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. It's our anniversary. Yeah. Woo! And uh, and just for the record, I'm Trey. Oh, yeah, I'm James. Hi. Yeah, we hopefully you've been listening long enough to know that, but first-time listeners, welcome. Welcome. Um, this, is, this is the Tomb. We usually read Marvel Horror comics. Right. But... But I, I think we've got something a little different in mind this time. Yeah, because it's our second anniversary. And it's Halloween. Yeah. How, how, Hallow deuces? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. But anyway, so we decided to do something a little bit different for our special Halloween episode, our second anniversary episode as well. Um, we are actually going to watch the first episode of Hellstrom. Yeah, because Hellstrom, the adaptation of... The, the Son of Satan and Satana comics has just debuted on Hulu. So not only is it our second anniversary and Halloween, it's also right when Hellstrom the series finally becomes available. Yep. And as regular listeners to our show will know, we have also been having a regular segment on our show called Hellstrom Watch. And this is a literal Hellstrom Watch. Right, it's like a Hellstrom watch, watch. Well, now we have an episode title. <laughs> so, we're we're gonna provide a commentary here, and what's gonna happen is when we we're gonna count down to starting the video, you'll hear the movie sign sirens from MST3K, and then our video will begin. That's right. Yep. So so listen for that sound cue. Yep. And we are starting right at the beginning of the episode. Yep. It is a cold open, so there's no like like on-screen title or anything right away. It goes straight to uh, I believe it's like a, an old house uh, with a, a thunderstorm in the background. Yep. So so that's the first thing you'll see. So don't don't normally we'd do this riff track style and be like pause it on the MGM lion as it roars and we'll tell you when to start, but there's literally no cue. Like, the, the episode just starts cold. Yep. So this is the best we can do. <laughs> yep. So, you're going to hear the siren. I'm going to start counting down. When I say play, you hit play. That's just the best we can do. Yep. And and this is Hellstrom Season 1, Episode 1, Mother's Little Helpers. Ooh, I wonder if they're going to bake cookies. I hope so. Like, little satanic cookies little, with horns. No, pin, little pit, frosting pentagrams. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's on Pinterest. Mm. Yeah. In fact, it might be one of my pins. <laughs> so, oh, there are the sirens. So we're starting in five, four, three, two, one. Oh, Trump's right. Portland really is going to hell. We somehow like switch into like the New Mutants trailer or something. That corridor looked really familiar. Well, you know, it's expensive to build new corridors. Okay, wait, is this Exorcist three? <laughs> we've we've got a lot of like slowly forward moving shots here with vaguely religious imagery occasionally. If I see a carp in a bathtub, I'm out. <laughs> Hastings. Okay. Louise Hastings. This is our first Marvel character here. Louise Hastings first appeared in Darkhold, pages from the Book of Sins, number one, from 1992. She was a member of the Darkhold Redeemers, which was a group affiliated with the Midnight Suns. Uh, it's going to be a while before we get to those comics. Yes. Where's the WD-40 when you need it? I tell you, horror shows and movies always have, like, the worst maintained door hinges. Yeah. Oh. 
Well then. That was very exorcisty. Yeah. And... Is that? Could it be? It's blood. Yep. I'm just headbanging to the beat, to the buzzer sound now. I don't know that Workman's Comp is going to do much for that guy. No, maybe he was a vampire. <laughs> Wooden stake, room handle, same thing. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we've got opening credits. Oh. Oddly chipper opening credits. Elizabeth Marvel. That's a cute name. Yeah, she plays Victoria Hellstrom, the the mother, okay. I believe. Oh, she was in House of Cards, wasn't she? Yes, I think so. Okay. I, I do like a good opening title sequence, and, and this one has some... Oh, the, the butterfly imagery, that's nice. Yeah. You know, we don't... Um, for, for people who were listening to our uh, debut of Satana uh, in, uh, what, Vampire Tales number two, yep. in the comics, Satana... Uh, drains people's souls and they take the form of a little butterfly. Joe Quazada is an executive producer on this. Quazada! I bet he is. <laughs> hey! Oh, Roy Thomas sighting. Yeah, Roy Thomas. There you go. Uh, he co-created both uh, Damon Hellstrom and Satana. Nice. getting big John Constantine energy from this. Well, I think the intention they're going for is big exorcist feels, including with the music here. I mean, mm-hmm. they can't use the bells, but yeah. they want to. It's like when I bring my friends over. Oh, yeah. Strong exorcist vibes here. Yeah. Although, I'm kind of glad we didn't get the bathroom scene. Fair. I mean, the last thing we need is for him to get stressed out by the presence of a carp in the bathtub. (laughs) You know, I was thinking I didn't want to see Damon's little demon, but there you go. (laughs) The carp's good, too. Seriously, are we going to get a co-directing credit for William Friedkin here? Huh. We've got 666. Uh... Die, asshole. Oh, that's that's rude. Yeah, just a bit. Oh, somebody's under the bed. Mm-hmm. 
Can I get a PB and J? <laughs> Wait, what? What do demons eat exactly? Easy Mac. Hmm. I know from raising one. <laughs> this kid is a terrible actor. Yeah, not not great. I mean, is it going to be real? He's faking because there's no no like sizzle or anything to that holy water. Mm-hmm. Bad acting. Oh, he's going meta on this kid. I have the power! Well, that kid's now scarred for life. Yeah. Also, just for what it's worth, the using real wa- like tap water in place of holy water is a direct lift from the exorcist. <laughs> this is true. Yep. By the way, time code is 933. As if we couldn't tell from the bridge. <laughs> and I think we're about to get the other Hellstrom sibling. Yeah. Have you ever noticed how that haircut's become a shortcut for no shit bitch? A little bit, yeah. You know, if a woman walks in with that haircut, she ain't taking your shit. Hey, the answer to life, universe, and everything. <laughs> That's a great stash that guy has. Which is actually our operating budget for an episode. <laughs> I'm glad we can't. Right? No, that would make this a very different television show. Yep. I'm sorry, what is it of Bonaparte's again? Uh, it's the, the saber, I think. Oh. Because you know, B- Bonaparte's penis is actually in somebody's collection. Oh, that. Why? It's been dried. It's, it's been dried out like jerky. <laughs> it's been mummified, it's terrible. basically. Somebody actually has 
Napoleon's mummified penis. I'm a sprite man myself. Did, did this suddenly become a Fifty Shades of Grey adaptation? <laughs> oh, he's Batman. So not Batman? You stole this shirt. Apparently. Okay, so that that's actually murder, not stealing. Yes. <laughs> Not a single Marvel reference yet. No, but we're basically getting a direct adaptation of her first appearance. Yes, without the uh, graphic so, rate. Right, right. But uh, but that's implied. Yes. And, and so Anna here, uh, in the comics, Satana, uh, as I said, first appeared in Vampire Tales number two. Uh, and Roy Thomas wrote that first appearance. Um, all he was given was the name and the idea that she was the devil's daughter. Um, and they needed a story overnight because the issue was going to print. <laughs> and so and so Ramita designed the costume while he wrote a three or four page story. Um, which basically was that, was Satana going after an asshole and taking his soul. Yeah. Now we are have grave robbing. Ooh. It's a secret passageway. It's always an interesting thing when you've got a statue of an angel with a sword pointed down. Is that angel cross-eyed? Possibly. But I was thinking more that, like, with the sword aimed down, it's as though it's attacking something beneath it. As opposed to sort of, like, raising its hands to heaven or whatever. So it's guarding something. That's usually what I take that to mean. One of the exorcist follow-ups does a thing with that, where there's a, a statue that's aiming its sword down. Oh, it's cute raddies. So wait, he, did he have, he has prisoners with him? Is that what he's doing here? Look, that's what it looks like. See, this is California. Right? Yeah. And we've got weird ancient writing on the wall mm -hmm. guy that kind of looks like Benedict Cumberbatch from a distance <laughs> if you squint and have been drinking heavily like me okay that just looks like the thing from Never Ending Story Yeah, this is the year 2020. You really shouldn't be opening weird sarcophagi. No, you really shouldn't. 
Oh. Oh, I think these are supposed to be the two escaped inmates from the beginning of the episode. Okay, but why? How do you end up with this guy? By the this way, is why they were chosen? Iron Maiden. Yeah. Final reflex. <laughs> hey, sometimes there's a very clever girls. I think I would like the comics version of Damon Hellstrom more. If we got more of him as a college professor, <laughs> I can relate to this. doesn't give a shit. <laughs> For I, what it's worth, the the nun they're talking about the the uh, from the earlier in the episode, name is Gabriella Rossetti. I, as far as I can tell, she's not a character from the comics, but there is a Rossetti crime family from the 80s Punisher comics. Hmm. I would love a Punisher connection. I would I would actually be really intrigued by like a Vatican organized crime connection. <laughs> See, I was thinking Vatican spy. Mm-hmm. Like like priest meets James Bond. Yeah. Or nun meets Black Widow. <laughs> I want that show. Give me that show. Aw. He just come back from his honeymoon. So he was friendly with the guard? I, I guess. Yeah. Does damage control count as a Marvel reference? we're at 21 minutes Like the old days? Like, the 90s must have been wild for these people. <laughs> oh, so the dead guy. Yeah, you, you do all the work. That that is that is your role, minor character. Yep. 
That's the nun again, isn't it? I believe so. Okay, I thought he looked familiar earlier, and now I'm sure of it. Spivey there, uh, the guy from the sarcophagus scene, is Daniel Cudmore, who played Colossus in X2, X-Men The Last Stand, and Days of Future Past. Ah. I'm wondering why they didn't make the decision to have her in a nun habit. Um... I know that they don't always wear nun habits, but come on, it's a, it's fun cinematic shorthand. It, it is, I, I, although I, if she's trying to be incognito and downplay the Vatican connection. I suppose. I, I could see, like, if she is, like, a Vatican spy, she probably wouldn't, like, announce that. But, like, he knows she's a nun. Right, right. Mama, can you hear me? <laughs> so Victoria Hellstrom, Damon and, and Satana's mother, first appeared via flashback in Marvel Spotlight number 13, which is also the issue that depicted her death. Um, in the comics, she married Satan and was driven insane when she caught him teaching Satana how to conduct sacrificial rites, which is what led Damon and his sister to be raised separately in different houses. Yep. Um, of course... Regular listeners will know that, because we covered that issue a while back. Yep. Also, to answer his question, it's a power symbol. Just inverted. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually how Trey wakes me up in the mornings. <laughs> oh, you're a big boy. Did they have the pump action? Because I love those. Is you trying to help you get your air back or poop? Because, you know, <laughs> was, cycling the legs works. I was thinking giving birth, but yeah, like, needless to say, these are weird things to do for a kid who's just fallen. Oh, Trey, boys don't have babies. Do we need to have to talk? <laughs> With demon children, I wasn't sure. This is exactly what my mom says to me. That's harsh. We've gone full Exorcist 3 again. So definite change there. Yes.
such Exorcist 3 vibes. Yes, very much so. An old friend. You smell toast. Okay, so uh, this is the caretaker. She called him Taker earlier. Uh, he was in Texas, probably in reference to events that would have happened in the Ghost Rider series that has since been canceled. Okay. Uh, because Caretaker is a Ghost Rider character. From Ghost Rider Volume 3, first appeared in issue 28, again, 1992. This is very 90s heavy. Uh, a version of the Caretaker also appeared in the first Ghost Rider movie, played by Sam Elliott. Oh, uh, yeah. He turned out being a Ghost Rider. Yeah, he, they combined Caretaker with uh, Carter Slade, the yeah. Western Ghost Rider. He's a cyclops. <laughs> Backdoor for Mar Marvel Mutants? <laughs> that joke was bad. It's like I made it. <laughs> it's the doctor. <laughs> Imagine you're probably getting dust. Please be hell for your allergies. I mean, in addition to being, you know, mummified, that thing really looks like it needs a chiropractor. Oh, look, it's got a symbol in the forehead. Yep. Shades of Geiger. Yeah. Alas, poor Yorick. Also, theaters are closed right now. Right.
So is this like an institution run by the Vatican? Maybe. We did see that character in a habit earlier. We did. But like just seems odd to have a Vatican run essentially prison on US soil. <laughs> Interesting twist that, like, the Vatican operative is the one who's been trained to operate as a skeptic. <laughs> the most generic faced man ever. We're at 34 minutes, 20 seconds. It's always funny when supposed like experts in arcane stuff resort to just Google searches. Also, like, what did you think you were going to find about Cyclops, Cyclops skulls on freaking Google image search? Right. Cyclops skulls. He's finally getting that unicorn tramp stamp. <laughs> so we're getting some flashback stuff here. Very different from uh, from anything in the comics. No, there's a symbol. Yeah, partially removed. It's like he, he keeps trying to get it removed, I guess. Or tattooed over. Yeah, like covered up. Yeah. Is that thing of things? Sort of. It's interesting that the symbol looks like scar tissue instead of like a birthmark or a brand the way it does in the comic. Yeah. Oh, we're adding blood to the skull. That's that's going to be a great idea. I mean, it worked out so well for uh, Colossus Guy earlier. That's right, they did it earlier. What has nobler in the mind to suffer those things and arrows? Wait, wrong soliloquy. <laughs> Well, that's Shades of Evil Dead. A little bit. The poster. And there's the symbol with the blood running into it. Yeah. Bad CGI, by the way. Mm-hmm. Digging myself a... You know, you're not supposed to bury your dog's poop like that. The plastic's not good for the environment. Ooh, a Hardy's coupon. Just like rummaging around in 
viscera. Yeah. That's actually very a character for Hellstrom, that he did not apologize just now. He just said, don't take it personally. Yeah. Have they dyed his hair like dark ginger here? Seems like it. Oh, stalking a uh, middle school child. Right. Oh, that's a good call. Especially when, like, the parents are known to you and would recognize your face. Always with the red umbrella. I wonder what the symbolism is there. Hmm. Oh, that's one of those pop funkos. <laughs> they actually have a pop funko of the Pope with the Pope mobile. That's weird. Like, who is the target audience for that? I'm not sure. Ah, uh, the riveting file sorting scene. So we've gone full shining here. Okay, I may have made up the Pop Funko Pope Mobile, but they do have the Pope Mobile from Cars too. <laughs> Basically the same thing. With the Pope car inside. Right. Wait, so there's a Pope Mobile Mobile? Yes. Gosh. The whole Cars universe is just terrifying when you think about it. It is. Missing who would put missing only his cufflinks in the friggin' headline? That that's what editor let that through. That's a bad headline. Yes. And Ark of the Covenant's over there. Right. My God, I hate this song. Are his students, like, taking a test or something? How is he getting away with just sitting there drawing constantly with the students in the room? They're all just looking at him like, can we leave? Hmm. 
you know, if your professor uh, spazzes out for more than 15 minutes, I think you're allowed to leave. Okay. Oh, they did leave. Well, yeah. The Gemini killer, maybe? Wait, did he stop at a stop sign or not? <laughs> Just like, come on, man. You know, this weird warehouse that Anna has of like historical artifacts and, and arcane trinkets. I, I keep expecting to see like the Hellraiser puzzle box in the background or something. Oh, that'd be a fun little thing. But I guess it's because she works for an auction house. Right. Butterfly again? Yep. So we didn't get the butterfly when she stole the dude's soul, but they are definitely using that imagery for her. Makes sense. Got bare naked shoebox stuck in my head now. <laughs> Her keyboard's on the desk, but her monitor's back there. That is just aggravating. That, that's a terrible layout. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yep. So, Rosetti there, I think, is being groomed as a replacement. Hmm. We're telling that story. Yeah. See, see also the... Uh, Oh, uh, she's going to steal the ID. Yep. Yep. See, also... Oh, the uh, the first Hellboy movie, where the the uh, character identification, or the audience identification character is supposed to be the, like, replacement for Professor Broom. It's been forever since I watched that movie. And then he doesn't show up in the sequel, so it ended up not mattering. Again, she is putting way too much sway into that for a nun. I'm confused. This is a Marvel streaming show, but there hasn't been a single hallway fight yet. <laughs> All these great hallways in this episode and not a single fight. No. No. Also, how is this that hallway laid out that this is at the end, but the windows are there? Right. Like, what shape is this building? Yes.
You're wasting time with this? Come on. You the guards be... in this place are terrible. You should just already be at that door. Right. Okay, they're totally cribbing for history here. Yes, yes. This is this is the final confrontation with Father Morning. Yes. So it's a 90s t-shirt? Huh. Also, that demon's got a mean right hook. Mm. But this is 100% Exorcist 3. She's on the ceiling. Like... Oh. Matrixing. Oops. Parkour! Yup. 49 minutes. Yep. Your skin's so smooth. Cleaning the floor with a toothbrush? It's like Cinderella or something? I hope that door locks automatically. Yeah. Oh, so it's us, the viewers. Mm-hmm. Only ever seen it at a Trump rally. The devil's eyes. That's Walter White's job. I like how they constantly like cite their biblical references because they just know that the audience is not going to be aware that they're quoting the Bible. <laughs> Especially the nun. Right. Oh, that wasn't blessing. The moto jacket over the plaid skirt is actually a pretty cool look. <laughs> really? At this place? <laughs> well, 
Well, that looks inviting. Roxxon. Roxxon. Okay, Marvel reference. Finally. Yep. Roxxon Corporation. The uh, originally the stand-in for Exxon, which is how they're using it here, but since has become a way bigger deal in the Marvel universe. Yep. Well, you should really get that looked at. Yep. And we've got credits. Yep. Okay. So. Oh, wait. Stuff. Oh, preview for next episode. Oh, yeah. Or for the rest of the season. Yeah. They're spelling it wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I cringe when I see the single L Hellstrom. Isn't this the warning, or is the warning coming? Right. Look, look, that looked like a hallway fight. Yep, yep, it's coming. Okay. Yep. That's that is the pilot episode. Yep. So this has been our commentary of right. the first episode of Hellstrom. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Which honestly, better than I thought it would be. I mean, it was boring. It, it not a lot happens, but that that's common for a first episode. Yeah. A lot, lot of character introduction and sort of setup of situations but without much really putting the pieces together yet just not a lot drawing me in either yeah well again it it reminded me of things i could be watching instead you know like lots of exorcist and exorcist 3 lots of constantine like it reminded me a lot of the keanu reeves constantine yeah like constantine or like sam and dean winchester would have taken care of natural for sure would have taken care of all this like the whole season in like an episode. It's yeah. just yeah. very slowly paced. Yeah. Um, the and the the Marvel connections are way subtle and underplayed. Like I say, there there are characters throughout that are Marvel characters. Uh Louise Hastings, who's running the, the institution, um, is uh affiliated with Midnight Suns. Um Caretaker is a ghostwriter character, but like no attention to any kind of broader universe is is being really pointed out and that's i guess that speaks to the fact that as it went into production all of the shows that it would have connected to were getting canceled yeah and again there's not much drawing me into the characters i don't really care about damon a lot like in the comics um well honestly at least he has a character anna is almost non-existent yeah, and I definitely find Anna uh, Satana the more interesting of the two siblings as far as reading the comics. Mm-hmm. So, but because we get so much of the episode from his point of view, when she's there, she's sort of a cipher, you know, like, uh, like we get that she's like hunting down like men who do bad things, and that she deals in antiquities, and that's about all we get. Yeah, I think the vibe we're supposed to, just supposed to be getting is she's cool. She's cool. Yeah, and and, and cool. she and she works with the caretaker. That's really it. Yeah. Uh, just at like, least Damon, like we get some of his personal life with the the teaching thing, and we get his relationship to the mother and to uh, Hastings, and I can tell that they really want him and Rosetti to be kind of a, like, Mulder and Scully type thing. 
but it doesn't mm. quite work. Well, for one thing, she's a nun. Right. It's weird that the nun is supposed to be the skeptic. That's just weird. Yeah. Well, honestly, just... you know what it is? They're, they're setting it up to be the old priest and the young priest. You know, like in the original Exorcist, uh, Karis, the young priest, is skeptical of possession in general uh, because he's also a trained psychiatrist. And it's the old priest who's the one who is like, this is the devil, we stick to the ritual, that sort of thing. But instead of like one being an old priest, they're both attractive young people. Right, right, right. But yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. It's, I don't know that, this is not an episode that makes me want to binge the rest of it. No. But I'll, I'll throw it on occasionally if, if I got nothing else to do. Or if you guys want to hear us do more commentaries. That too. If, yeah. if, if you guys enjoyed this, if if listening to us makes Hellstrom a better viewing experience, and we hope <laughs> it does, then by all means, let us know and we can we can do more of these. Yeah. Um, we anyway. have the technology. <laughs> yeah, just thank goodness. Um, but if you want to hear more from us, more commentaries, or just more in general, you can always reach out to us at our email address, it's tombofideas at gmail.com. You can reach our Twitter, it's at tombofideas. We're also available on Facebook, facebook.com slash tombofideas. And Trey, why don't you tell them how we're a proud member of the Cinepunks podcasting group? Well, we're a proud member of the Cinepunks podcasting group. <laughs> and that means that you can find our entire back catalog on cinepunks.com. That's cinepunks with an X. And we are, that, that site also hosts a lot of other great shows, um, Black Sun Dispatches, the, the flagship Cinepunks show, Horror Business, um, all kinds of great stuff. Um, and also, as we record this, we are coming up at the end of October, uh, Cinepunks is wrapping up their Cineween celebration, where there's all kinds of great articles and special podcast episodes uh, geared specifically toward the spooky season. So please... Check out Cinepunks.com, give that stuff a read, check out some of the other great shows, and uh, and we appreciate you for uh, for joining us. It's also worth mentioning, in addition to Cinepunks.com, you can find our show everywhere where you find podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, that's uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, whatever, whatever podcatcher you prefer. Um, and if you like what we do, please uh, subscribe and rate and review. Uh, post a rating, uh, give us your feedback. It helps us know whether we're doing a good job, and it also helps other people find the show. Your reviews and ratings are what push us up in the algorithm and make it more likely for people to find us, and so we appreciate that. Yep. And next episode on Tomb of Ideas, we're returning to our reg regularly scheduled programming with our coverage of... Supernatural Thrillers number seven, A Return of the Living Mummy, and Giant Size Superheroes number one, which is a nice. I, well, I was about to say little, but no, it's giant sized <laughs> Spider Man comic book. Yeah, yeah, and that one's going to feature uh, a couple of monster favorites in it, I believe. Yep. And we may even have some special guests with us as well. That's right. So, so stay tuned and, uh, and we'll have some fun Marvel monster action coming your way soon. That's right. So until next time, Tomb Believers. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You have been listening to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. Until next time, Tomb Believers. Excelsior. <laughs>